Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. 2 Timothy was written uh, several years after 1 Timothy. Many scholars believe that Paul actually was released from prison in Rome and took a fourth missionary journey, then was rearrested and was brought back to Rome for his final imprisonment around 55 to 66 AD. And so this uh, letter we're about to read, 2 Timothy, was written during that period of his final incarceration before his death. Ultimately, he was executed, and church history records he was beheaded somewhere around 66 AD. So this letter, in a way, is Paul's last will and testament. Some of the wording is very interesting. I want to just read from chapter 4, uh, verse 6, 7, and 8. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand, Paul writes. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but to all of them who love his appearing. So Paul writes uh, with a, his finish line in mind. This is his spiritual legacy letter to his son Timothy, his spiritual son Timothy. The letter has the tone of Paul the father speaking to Timothy the son, but also it has a bit of a flavor of a last will and testament. Paul foresees his imminent death and uh, wants to write to his beloved spiritual son Timothy. So reading today from 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve, as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives also in you. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I'm suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I've believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him until that day. What you heard from me keep as the pattern of sound teaching, with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. 
You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Figulus and Hermogenes. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesphorus, because he refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord in that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. Among these touching words are Paul's final commendation to his spiritual son, Timothy. Verse 2, he writes, To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. It makes me wonder what thoughts were in Paul's mind as he was um, pinning these words to Timothy. Of course, Paul's now had 2,000 years of victory. But at the time of this writing, he was facing his imminent death and uh, a cruel execution at the hands of the Romans. So he's writing to Timothy. Uh, He's hopeful for Timothy's future. He's hopeful that he's imparted the correct things to Timothy. And I don't think he has any regrets, but I'm sure that in his heart of hearts, as he was penning these last words, that there was a measure of anxiety about uh, how Timothy would go on without him, how Timothy would ultimately do and so forth, as is natural for any father or spiritual father. In verse 3, he pens, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did. Now, he's referring to his ancestors, the Jews, who uh, had godliness through Judaism. They served the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through the Sinai covenant that Moses brought down in Exodus 19 to 24 and following. Paul's family were observant religious Jews, and Paul is thanking God for such a family. He says, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith. And so Paul is praying constantly for Timothy, probably for all of his disciples, says he was recalling with tears of the joy that he has over Timothy. And he's reminded of his faith. And then he goes on to say, the faith that first lived in your grandmother, uh, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. And I am persuaded also now lives in you. So Timothy, like Paul, came from a a godly lineage, apparently. I may have mentioned uh, previously, I know that I mentioned previously, that uh, Timothy's mother was Jewish and his father was Greek. And so apparently this uh, Eunice was a very devout Um, Jewish woman who came to faith in Christ and shared that passion with her son Timothy and probably knew Paul quite well as Paul says he knew them. God's gift from Paul to Timothy is multifaceted, but one of the ways he imparted a gift to Timothy was through the laying on of hands. He mentions this in verse 6. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And so he implies that through the ordinance of laying on hands, and it is a biblical ordinance, a principle for impartation, that Timothy received some type of spiritual gifting, that Paul was able, by the grace of God, to impart some type of spiritual gifting. Paul alludes to this in his other writings, the desire to come and impart a spiritual gift to the readers of his letters and the hearers of his letter. And he says to Timothy, that he should fan into flame the gift of God, which Paul previously imparted to him. Now, this implies that once a gift is given, 
the stewardship of that gift, I'm talking about a spiritual gift, falls to the recipient. In this case, Timothy was being charged by Paul to to reactivate the gift, which was already in him. And by extension, you and I are charged by Paul and by the Holy Spirit to activate those gifts in us that the Lord has previously imparted to us. God does not give us a spirit of timidity, Paul writes. In verse 7, the spirit that God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And so for those who are are timid or fearful, that didn't come from the Lord, because the Lord gives a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of self-discipline, not a spirit of fear or timidity. So friends, if you're suffering from fear or timidity, that didn't come from your heavenly Father. It came from the Father of all lies, the devil himself, either through our fallen human nature or directly by some type of influence from the spirit realm in a negative way. If you're dealing with fear, You should always call on the Lord for power, love, and uh, self-discipline or a sound mind, which the Bible says is our inheritance in Christ. In verse 8, Paul writes, Do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. What an invitation, friends. Paul is extending to Timothy um, an invitation to suffer for the gospel while he is awaiting his execution. These words had tremendous significance for Timothy, and they should have tremendous significance for you and I. He goes on to say, The Lord has called us and saved us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. And this grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time has been revealed to us through our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So you and I have received light and immortality through the gospel of Jesus Christ, although yet we have not faced death as Paul was facing at this moment. We will ultimately face death, and we should face it with the knowledge that immortality is already ours because of what Jesus has done. The Lord will give you grace, and the Lord will give me grace when the time comes to face our death, as he gave Paul grace. Paul suffered for the gospel, and he didn't um, complain about that. He says, And of this gospel, I was appointed as a herald, an apostle, and a teacher. That is why I'm suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I've believed, and I'm convinced he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him until that day. So Paul had complete and utter confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ who saved him, the one who called him on the Damascus Road all those years prior to the pinning of Second Timothy, perhaps over 30 years before Paul encountered the risen Lord Jesus Christ. He came to a saving knowledge of Jesus, and he never wavered in his faith, even now facing his own imminent execution. Paul is an example of a true Christian. We should each be able to look at his pattern of life and find things to glean for our own lives, just as I'm sure that Timothy was able to do in looking to Paul as a mentor. Each of us should keep this pattern that Paul um, laid down for us, pattern of faith and love in Jesus Christ. Each of us should be able to be trustworthy to what has been imparted to us. And so, Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives in us. I thank you that he's the same Holy Spirit who lived in Paul. 
I thank you for the boldness and the clear conscience of Paul, and I pray that we would also have a clear conscience and be bold in our faith in Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, I ask that we would fan to flame the gift of God that is in within each of us. Lord, all men have received gifts from above. May we use those gifts to the honor and glory of Jesus Christ, not with timidity, but with love, power, and self-discipline, as Paul said we should. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.